on this special Sunday. Today is Advent Sunday in the church calendar. The first Sunday in the start of the Advent season, when we remember the coming of our Lord as a, as a little baby in Bethlehem. And Advent, a Latin word, means the coming or the birth of our Savior Jesus. And as our eyes turn towards this season, with so much going on around us, so much uncertainty of being able to even celebrate Christmas the way we know how to, or the way we want it to be, I pray as we listen this morning, our hopes will be stirred up more than ever before to stand firm, stand strong, and to keep trusting in our God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. Advent Sunday, when we remember when you came as a baby. We look beyond our circumstances, O oh God, to declare that you are God, and you are good, and you are faithful. As we hear you speak to us this morning, may our hearts be stirred up to keep holding on, because you are a God that is too faithful to fail. Speak once again, Holy Spirit, touch every heart in Jesus' name. So the topic for today is a voice in the desert, promises fulfilled. And for us to consider this great and significant event, Advent, it is fitting for us to start off by looking at the last prophet before the birth of Jesus, who was physically present to announce this arrival of Jesus in the person of John the Baptist, for whom our main text is focused this morning. So let's start first by digging into the prophet's life. The Bible records the encounter of his mother Elizabeth, and I know we remember the story about Elizabeth, who was barren, and her husband Zacharias, an angel, appeared to him, telling him about the son that was going to be born. And we know that after the angel appeared to him and told him that he was going to have, they were going to have that baby, he was a little bit concerned. And afterward, because of his unbelief, he was struck with dumbness. But well, we know that it happened just as God has said that Elizabeth conceived this baby. Elizabeth conceived the baby just as God had said. And the significant thing for us to note about this story and how it links to Advent is the fact that this baby, John the Baptist, was the voice that was promised. And the interesting thing about this story again is that when Mary had the angel Gabriel visit, the angel told her about Elizabeth, who was a relative of Mary. And the Bible records that she rushed down. And let's see what happened when Mary got to Elizabeth's house. When Elizabeth had Mary's greeting, Luke chapter 1 from verses 41, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. What a story. 
An unborn baby was excited about another unborn baby. So let's step back in time and examine briefly the link of these two babies. In the 8th century, Isaiah the prophet had prophesied this link, which Mark Gospel reported in Mark chapter 1, which I'm going to read now. It says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And many years after both babies were born, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, whom we are remembering in this Advent, John, who we're talking about the voice in the desert, now a grown man was going about his work, as was recorded in John chapter 1. From verses 19, I'm going to read very briefly. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah, they asked him. Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. It is good for us to note here that the coming of Jesus by the special herald, John the Baptist, that was described as a voice calling in the desert, some translation says wilderness, was for a purpose. Our main text, Isaiah chapter 40, from verses 3 downwards, where the scripture is taken from, and I'm going to just jump and read, it says, every valley shall be raised up, Every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This prophecy was by prophet Isaiah. It was spoken about 700 years before it became a reality. John was a special herald, his proclamation was actually in the desert of Judea. If we note the order of events from the verses we have read so far, John's declaration marked Advent, what we are celebrating today, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus physically. John the Baptist, the voice in the desert, had a message for the people of Israel and also for us today. Israel as a nation then, was experiencing their wilderness or their desert experience. They were under the rule of the Romans. Life was hard. There was deprivation. There was desperation. The harsh taxes, the difficult rulers, life of servitude. So for us, looking at this, the desert figuratively and in reality is not a pleasant place to be at any time. 2020 for me and for many 
has been a desert experience. A desert experience in terms of dryness, want, emptiness, loneliness, hopelessness, lo long sleepless nights, a place of pain, a place of sorrow, despair, just name it. The place of everything going wrong or has gone wrong. Is it ill health? Is it job loss? Is it death? For me, at a particular point in time, I dread phone calls because I don't know what is going to come on in the next phone call or even a text message. But for us as Christians this morning, I want us to remember that the unending troubles and chaos in the world stems right from the fall of man when perfect gave birth to imperfect. When man chose to believe Satan and today still chooses to. Hence, the prevailing agenda of the devil in our world still kill and destroy. This is displayed to undermine the purpose of God. Therefore, in focusing our minds on our main text, the voice in the desert, this is a key reminder of three main points that I want us to consider this morning. The first one is that God fulfilled his promises. It is refreshing to know that God had man in his mind right from when the first sin was committed. The coming of Jesus to redeem man was prophesied right at the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And so from Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 through to Micah, numerous prophecies were spoken concerning Jesus that were fulfilled to the letter. Why he will be born, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 12, to bring light. How he will be born, born of a woman, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, a virgin birth, Isaiah 7, verse 14. Where he will be born, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, Bethlehem. What he will be called and what he will do, Isaiah chapter 9, from verses 6 to 7. So we have prophets that prophesied his coming, his work, and his death, and they include Moses 1260 BC, David in 1000 BC, Zechariah in 520 BC, and even the main text that we have read by Prophet Isaiah about the voice in the desert was estimated to have been written 800 BC. So if we look at the desert again, it's a place of trial. It's fierce, it's hard, it's apparently lonely. When it appears prayers are not being answered and God seems so far away because situations are turning from bad to worse. But John, by the power of the Holy Spirit, could recognize the Messiah. Not only that, describe him perfectly as the Lamb of God. Remember, when John was in the womb of his mother, he leapt at the sound of Jesus' mother coming in. So he recognized that baby. So John's message of the Messiah was not just for a temporary relief from the enemy, but a permanent solution, a realignment of the desert. And so it is for us today that whatever situation that we are in now, it takes me to my second point, that 
voice of hope reassured and assured is what it's all about. In Isaiah chapter 40 from verses 4 to 5, I'm not going to read that, it tells us what the Messiah was coming to do, to level every mountain, to make the rough places smooth, so that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and that all flesh would know it. If we look at Job in the Bible, it's a story we all know. It was one calamity after the other, and then his body was afflicted. But Job could still say in all of that, in Job chapter 3, verse 13, verse 15, Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Another story for us to remind ourselves this morning is about Joseph. He was a favorite child. Then he became a favorite slave. Then he became a favorite prisoner. He was one trouble after the other for Joseph. Finally, the dreams he had became a reality. He became the favorite prime minister of Egypt. And that reminds me about myself. I remember some years back, I had a friend that used to call me the favorite daughter of God. And I know you know my story so well, I never felt like the favorite daughter because things seemed always to be going wrong around me. But I want to ensure, encourage our hearts this morning. It says in Psalms 30 verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. No matter how long that night appears to be now, children of God, our joy is coming. For us as Christians, the reality is we are in a fight. We are in a fight in this world. We can also call it as a race. So it is that our faith in God is on trial. So for this faith, for this fight, it appears our faith in God is on trial. But I want to encourage us not to give up on God just yet. Because seasons come, seasons go, and these two shall pass away. So let us daily draw strength from his word by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus speaking in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you would have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The essence of the fight we need to understand as Christians is for us to give up trusting God. Because the enemy that we're fighting against does not give up. He doesn't give up discouraging us from trusting in God. But I want to say, hold on. Don't give up. Don't let go. Hold on to God's word. And that takes me to the third one. Hold on to his word. God's word. Let his word be in our hearts. Let it be in our mouth. Let it be in our confession daily. The challenges we face daily all come in various shapes and sizes. Unanswered prayers, delayed answers, answers coming not the way we wanted it, but I say hold on still. A good example of delayed answer to prayers from the scripture we all know so well is about Abraham and Sarah. They had to wait 25 years for the promised child. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4 from verses 18 down to 21, 
that he did not give up. He did not stagger. The Bible says in 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. And I tell you, that same God we serve today. And in Ephesians chapter 6 from verses 10 to 17, where it tells us as Christians that we should stand firm and we should put on our full armor because the race or the battle we're in is not physical. And the, the verses describes the battle kit, the full armor. And I want us to note particularly verse 16, where it talks about the shield of faith. And what do we use a shield for? We use it in that scripture to wait away the fairy darts of the enemy. And the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So we need to hold on more than ever before to that shield to quench the fairy darts of the enemy. Verse 17 again tells us something about the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. And we need that sword to be able to wage this warfare. So hold on to the word of God. Hold on to it more than ever before. And in conclusion, today as we start the Advent season, celebrating his birth, let our hearts be strengthened that Jesus came as it was said of him, lived as it was said of him, died as it was said of him, and will return as it was said of him. In summary, Jesus coming, as we have noted again this morning, where promises of God fulfilled and of the Messiah to mankind. Hence, let our hearts be strengthened to believe that God's promises will and can come to pass. Therefore, may our hopes be renewed that no matter how dark, how long the night may be, that God loves us so much that he can be trusted to do his best for his, for his children in every matter. For, as Elizabeth said to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 45, blessed is she who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Let us pray. Father, we thank you because your words tells us that you are the God of all the earth. And we choose to believe on you this morning again. In Psalm 125 from verse 1 to 2, you say, those that trust in you are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but abides forever. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you will help us, that we will keep our hopes on you. We will hold on to your word. We pray that this Advent season will be the beginning of hope for everyone that our hopes will be renewed in you because you are God. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.